Hello and welcome to the 1 106 of a second photography podcast. In this episode, episode 74, I've got one really important thing to say before I start the episode. When I started the podcast, I started it on SoundCloud. Pretty much all my episodes went on SoundCloud and then I moved on to incorporating other providers. I think SoundCloud is really good and it enabled me to put things on Apple Podcasts. But as I've gone through and the podcast has got bigger, suddenly SoundCloud isn't as good for me or as good for the podcast as it used to be. So I'm moving provider and I'm moving my Apple podcast to a different provider. My episodes are going to go on Anchor and they've been going on Anchor for a long time now but I'm going to be only adding new episodes to Patreon and Anchor. So that means if you subscribe to Apple Podcasts through SoundCloud or if you subscribed a long time ago to Apple Podcasts it's most likely going to be on SoundCloud. Nothing changes for you all you have to do is you just have to change your podcast address and all you have to do to keep on getting seamless podcast episodes to your phone, computer or tablet is just join Apple Podcasts via this link in the episode description. So it's fair well to SoundCloud but hopefully no one will notice the difference and I can retire from SoundCloud gracefully. Anyway on to this episode episode 74 and this is called Gear I Love DX01. Now I've had the DX01 now for maybe a couple of months it was just a small purchase I made on eBay. It wasn't very much at all. And actually, it's been an incredible value, and I've got some amazing pictures with it. The DX01 came out some time ago. I don't know how long ago it came out. But at the time, it was said to rival DSLRs but in, with your smartphone. But it was a, it was incredibly expensive. And I at the time, I thought, oh, that was probably really good, but I'm not paying that for it. I ended up buying it from America and paying a bit of import duty and a bit more for delivery. But I really didn't pay that much for it. And it's turned out to be an absolute bargain. So I'm holding it in my left hand and in my right hand is my iPhone 5C. And it is as long as the iPhone is wide. It's really, really small. And you might think, oh, you've got to stick it in your phone every time. No, you don't have to stick it in your phone. You can use it on its own. So let's talk about the first things you need to do with it. So first of all, you need to stick in a micro SD card and that's it. And you need to download the app to your phone. So you stick in the micro SD card. It doesn't have a removal battery. I was about to say it doesn't have a battery. It doesn't have a removable battery. It's got an internal rechargeable battery that charges over micro USB. This is a second hand one or a refurbished one. I'm not, not quite sure. So it didn't come in a box. It just came in a brown envelope package in a box and just a generic USB micro cable that didn't actually fit. It wasn't a very good fit, but it fits better with other things I've got. And the only downside to buying sort of used is there's this little bit where you can put like a wrist strap and that's supposed to pop out, but this just seems to be stuck in there. That's the only minor gribble. But other than that, it's great. So it has one button on the top, your shutter button, and you've got this lovely feeling that you don't get with smartphone photography. You can half press and press it fully which is so nice and so what we're all used to, but we don't get that in smartphone photography. It's got a flap that you can open, and I'm just going to open it for you here. That sounded lovely, didn't it? And inside, that's where you put your micro SD and you charge it. Closed it. Lovely click there. And it's got a tiny LCD screen. It has no on button because all you do is you slide down the lens cover and it turns on. And it has a screen on the back which will tell you your mode, your speed, your f-stop, your ISO etc and you can move by just by swiping and then if you leave it it goes onto this sort of dots display so it displays like a viewfinder 
in dots and it also shows you your exposure compensation because i'm i can see that because i'm in aperture priority it's an incredibly small screen it's probably maybe 200 by 100 or something in terms of dots so it represents what it can see on the sensor in dots and they're sort of like lcd dots you know it's like just single color monochrome but with a greenish tint and that's not the best thing in the world but does allow you to frame your picture without attaching it to the smartphone so you could just use it on its own it will save the files to the card i'm sure you could just take it out and you know use the files so to turn it on you just pull down the cover to turn it off you put the cover up pull it down once more a little lightning connector pops out and that goes in your phone so obviously you can only use it with a iphone and you can only use it with an iphone as long as iPhones have lightning ports. Now I watched something the other day about why do iPhones still have lightning ports? It's on YouTube and it talked about Apple going from the 30 pin to the lightning port and on the iPad and on the Mac you have USB-C but still on the iPhone their flagship thing and their big seller you have lightning and I don't want to see lightning go because I'm invested in lightning hence like the things like the DxO but the argument was made for it should be USB-C well we'll see what happens yeah this will become obsolete if you can't attach it to a phone so when you attach it to the phone it immediately loads the app now one annoyance that I have with this is if you have a cover on your phone you have to take it off because the DX01 has to be completely flush against the iPhone. Sticking this on your iPhone overcomes all those challenges and niggles and annoyances of smartphone photography. You get better quality, that's the first thing. You also get better video quality. It's got its own battery so it, it does drain the smartphone's battery but not as much as you would expect. So the smartphone's on using the LCD display so it's going to drain some things but the camera does its own processing and the camera has its own power so there's no worry there the pivot point where the phone joins the dxo1 can move so you can angle your smartphone not a great deal but you can angle it so if you're getting a low shot on a smartphone like i did today i can just angle the screen so that i don't have to be lying on the floor to get this shot or i can get very low and i can just have the phone at 45 degrees so i can see what i'm doing so you can now shoot at f1.8 now the iPhone, interestingly, has an aperture of around 2 or 2.2 or 2 point something for older phones, but it's a fixed aperture. And what changes on your iPhone is either the ISO or the shutter speed or a combination of both. The aperture is fixed and it never changes. So with the DX01, you can change the aperture, you can change the shutter speed and you can change the ISO. And at low apertures, i.e. goes down to 1.8, you are getting images that look like they were taken on a DSLR. Not fake look like they were taken on DSLR, like more modern iPhones, iPhone 10s and iPhone 8, etc. But you do get an image that is comparable to a DSLR, or certainly I felt is comparable. The lens is 35mm equivalent, and the sensor isn't going to be as big as that on a DSLR, but it's certainly much, much bigger than what you get on a smartphone. And it seems to outperform in terms of depth of field and look seems to outperform my RX100. Gives me the impression that it's a bigger sensor than that. So first off, the images are much better from it. They look really good. The images look really good. The colors look really good. The contrast looks really good. It is reminiscent of a really sharp lens on your DSLR. It's, no, it's a really good picture. Secondly, you can record video with it and you might sort of think, mm, so what? And yeah, I would be inclined to agree with iPhones now being able to shoot 4K and doing this and that slow motion. But I think the picture you get from the video from the DX01 is better. You get a higher bit rate than you would normally with your iPhone. So iPhone footage for me is around 16 or 17 megabits per second. Whereas I'm getting sort of 25 to 30 
again, which is comparable to a DSLR I have when I use the DX01. Now, yes, my iPhone can shoot video at 4K and the DX01 can't, but I get a much better, much more pleasing, a much sharper picture just using 1080 from the DX01, so I do like it. It weighs next to nothing as well. What I've started doing this week is I've often talked about doing a photography project and wanted to do a photography project, but it's always fallen apart for whatever reason. So I'm taking my DXO1 out with me everywhere just so I can get a snap of something. So what I have to do is I have to flip the case off the iPhone to put it in. I pop down the shutter, listen to this. That's turned on. I plug it in and I take my picture and then I just take it out and do the reverse again. So I pull the slider down to, and I push the connector in and I slide the slider up and that is it. It's really good. I always find taking images on a smartphone difficult. So you've got to hold your smartphone and then you've got to press the shutter button. I always find that quite difficult. The DX01, I've got a button up top that I press and I can hold my smartphone with my other hand. So And I can just use my finger or thumb on the hand that's holding the smartphone to touch for focus. And you can do I think you can do things like touch shutter and stuff but I like to use the button because well I love I much prefer buttons to just touching a screen so would I recommend you get the DX01 I, I thoroughly would recommend getting a DX01 if you can find one they're going to be hard to find if you bought one when they first came out you've still probably got it and you still used it downsides are you can only use them with iPhones and you can only use them as long as you've got a lightning port I know you can get adapters for lightning ports so those newer iPhones that don't have a headphone jack you can get ports or you can get a cable that converts headphone jack to lightning port. But I sort of feel if you did it with a cable in the event that there was no lightning port and it was replaced by USC, it wouldn't really work. It needs really a solid connection, not a flexible connection. And when you have a solid connection, it does allow you to stick it on your phone and leave it. So I can plug it in the lightning port and because it's flush, I don't really need to hold it. So I've plugged it in my phone and I'm holding my phone with one hand. I'm not holding the DXO one with the other hand and I'm shaking it about and it's fairly stable and I know it's not going to fall out and I'm turning it upside down and it's still holding in there. So yeah, I could, I probably could even get away with shooting one-handed. So if I just hold the DxO and just put a few fingers around my iPhone, I can just press the button on the DxO and, and shoot one-handed if I want to, which you can't really do with a smartphone. It's very difficult to shoot one-handed with a smartphone unless maybe use the volume triggers. The other thing is it really improves taking selfies. Admittedly, smartphone cameras have got better, but the front-facing camera, is it the back-facing camera? The back-facing camera, and I will say the camera that is on the same side as the screen, so I think that's called the back-facing camera, is always at a lower resolution than the front-facing camera that is the opposite side to the screen. But of course, with the DxO1, you can put it on in any orientation. So you can put it on facing you, or you can put it on facing forward, it doesn't matter. The lightning connector doesn't have an orientation, doesn't matter which way you put it in, you still get the same result. So you can put it on and you can take much better selfies. I'm not mad on taking selfies, but you have a better quality camera for taking selfies. You get better bokeh, you get better dynamic range, and you just get an all-around better picture. The lens is better, the sensor's bigger. So it is just a better camera, full stop. And then using the app, you can easily download your pictures to your phone. And then they're there. It takes images in RAW and JPEG. So I shoot in RAW and I download them to my phone if I like them. People will say, well, your phone takes images in RAW now. Yes, it does, but it's still nice to have RAW. And then I edit them on my phone and I share them. It's really, really simple. Like I say, it's small enough. It's smaller than your iPhone. It's small enough to generally fit in your pocket. It's smaller than a compact camera. And it's just really good. And for the price I paid for it, it's unbelievable. You can get accessories for it. You can get an underwater housing. But again, 
I think that's a bit over the top. If you're going underwater, you can't use it with your iPhone. You have to use it in the standalone mode. You're better off with a TG5, a TG6 or GoPro or dedicated camera to go underwater rather than using this. I can't see the appeal to that. And I think it's just a shame they stopped making it because it's really good. I know it was always thought of as a bit of a bit of a niche product and maybe one that would never take off and well you're either a smartphone photographer or you're a serious photographer and have a dslr why would you want something in between but having something in between and particularly because i'm quite a fan of good compact cameras i see this as a real real good device to have with you that gives you amazing images without lugging a camera around it even looks good and it, it feels quite weighty in it but not heavy and it feels quite solid it's an amazing little device so i would recommend it thoroughly if you can find one don't forget to check the show out on patreon i'm always thankful for people who support the show via patreon don't forget to check out twitter facebook um, youtube you can now find the show on and unfortunately very soon you won't be able to find the show on soundcloud if you are listening to apple Podcasts through the soundcloud provision please do retune and resubscribe to keep updated with the latest episodes thank you goodbye